I'm Amy, sex educator, somatic sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner. And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure products company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a badass in the bedroom to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. Hello, everyone. Hiya, party people. It is bonus episode, sex question time, and we're just going to dive right in. Right. We have a number of sex we questions. We have so many sex questions. We're going to answer five sex questions today. Woo-hoo. And P.S., we will give you a thank you shout out for sending us your sex questions. Feel free. Anytime, shamelesssex at gmail.com or go to our website, shamelesssex.com and Ash, go away. Yes, please. So the first question comes from, we're just going to call her H. She does identify as a cis female. So I've been in, I'm sorry, I've been with my boyfriend for a year and a half. I'm 21 and he is 29. We have a loving, connected sex that I really enjoy. However, I love oral sex and he almost, and we almost never partake. He occasionally will let me go down on him, but he always says he would rather finish inside me instead of my mouth. He has never gone down on me, period. At the beginning of our relationship, I brought this up and he said performing oral is not his favorite thing and he only does it with girls he really likes. He also said he would rather have penetrative sex as both of us will get pleasure. He said not to worry that he would definitely go down on me. I haven't mentioned it since and he still has never done it. He's a bit of a germaphobe, and I don't want to pressure him. How should I bring this up again? So it's been a year and a half. Year and a half, no going no down. No going down. And she has not brought it up, it sounds like, since then. And and there was offers in the beginning, like, yeah, don't worry, it'll happen. But it only happens when I really like someone. But I, clear, I think you guys really like each other. And it sounds like he's using germaphobia as maybe a little bit of an, an escape route to um, going down. And FYI, mouths are way have way more germs than genitals. So if you two are okay with kissing each other, if he's down to kiss you, um, if you ever stuck your hand in a bowling ball, there's, there's like a fecal lot of organisms in there. Yeah, but I mean, kissing is something most people are comfortable with, and just so you know, there's a lot more germs that are um, transferred in kissing than they are from putting your mouth on someone's genitals. There's a lot more germs in the mouth than genitals. So. Germophobia is not really applicable here. And if it's something that, if it is something I I will attest to, my um, ex-husband was always asking me, which was kind of shaming um, in a way and made me uncomfortable, hence my my, uh, smelling, my vaginal smell situation. But he'd always be like, can you please take a shower before um, we'd partake in any oral play? And so I would. Just make things super squeaky clean. Right. He was always kind of... um, up on me about that and I was like what do I stink he's like no I just want everything to be clean he likes clean clean <laughs> take shower <laughs> oh my god I was actually there when he asked her to take a shower once <laughs> one two, two three, three shower <laughs> so if that is a thing and you can maybe just bring up I don't know if the germophobia and showers are interrelated but if that is something that you believe make eases tension maybe you could be like hey babe i just took a shower let's 69 yeah let's try this um or maybe even before that because it sounds like there's some there's some stuff going on it feels like there's a conversation that needs to happen so um oral sex seems like it doesn't happen very often at all you 
are interested in sucking his cock, but he doesn't really want you to that much. He'd rather have penetrative sex and would rather um, not come in your mouth. would rather come inside of you. So he's got some things around but that. But there's two people in this partnership. Exactly. So if you are feeling that your needs aren't being met, it's time to talk about it. Yeah. So I would say have a conversation about it. You love oral sex. Um, and you've had this conversation in the beginning where they said that they would be down, but they have some funny things about it. And a year and a half later... You still haven't had your box munched. So I would say have a conversation with them about it, a loving one. Hey, can I talk to you about something important? When's a good time? Don't just spring on them like, let's talk about this important thing right now. Set a time to talk about it, or maybe right now is a good time. And um, start with something good, some sort of appreciation. I love connecting with you. I love our sex life. I love our relationship. And there's something that's I've been thinking about that's important to me. Um, I love oral sex and we don't really have oral sex. And in the beginning, I know that you said you're a germaphobe and that it's something you only do with girls you really like. I'm pretty sure we really like each other because we've been together for a year and a half. Um, so I'm wondering if that's something we can start to do explore. more. Explore. Maybe we can do 69. And like April said, if germaphobia is a thing, um, we can take showers before. But never douche. Never ever no douche. Never. It's very bad for you. If you have any smells going on, check out. You could have BV. That but is something. Genitals are supposed to have a smell. Right. Everyone. They don't. Not supposed to smell like flowers. But if because I learned because mine was grapefruity, oh but yeah. it didn't or smell fish, normal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Fishy, grapefruity, anything. If that's something that's happening, uh, just e- easily. I take fem uh, femdopolis. Fem- femdopolis. Yeah. Femdopolis. Femdophilus, and that's a probiotic. I you, you put it you, in. Vaginally. I actually started just taking it every day now. Oh, okay. And it's vaginally at, or orally. I take it orally, and then if I'm having something come on, I stick one up there like yeah. a suppository. Yeah, but in the vag. In the vag. Yeah. So if you have any of that stuff going on, if you feel like your smells off, and maybe that's the there. I'm just trying to say, but that's give not the, it, the thing here. The thing no. here is this person, d- their partner doesn't like oral sex, doesn't like going down on them, isn't offering it. It's a year and a half later, they still haven't even offered it. And to me, honestly, I'm going to call selfish. I'm going to call selfish. I'm going to call um, stuck in their their ways and they're not being a giving partner. But maybe because she hasn't brought it up. And that's another part. Yeah. You've, in the, I don't even know. It's not even clear if in the beginning you said that you this is important to you, you love it. They just said that they're not... But anyway, even if you haven't, it still baffles me that someone wouldn't even offer that. So I think a conversation, a loving conversation is um, is should happen here. And who knows? You might come up with some trauma. You know, maybe they went down on someone and they like bled Shame all over them, in their face. Or, yeah. right, or, or told them they were terrible at going and down on them. And you can also them. tell them, uh, for instance, I won't come from oral play. So and not to relate it to me, but I always, I like it in the beginning to prep and then going into penetration. So maybe you can suggest something like that as well. Yeah, yeah. To, so go to the, open to up him. the conversation. It's conversation time. Don't uh, ex- just sit there and expect them after a year and a half later to finally go down on you. Right. <laughs> so no you one's a mind reader. Um, okay, so... Next question. Next question. Okay, so this person... Um, I wanna, we can probably use his first name. What do you think? Should we use it? They didn't say he not didn't, to. Yeah, he didn't say... We're not going to use his full, full name, but we're going to call him Gabe. Hey, Gabe. Okay, so this is we're not going to use the social security number. Okay, so social security <laughs> number is five 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 five, and you can find him at. Just kidding. Okay, so it's a longer question, um, but he's married. He's been married for twenty two years. I'm going to summarize it. They have kids. They've always had issues with sex. Um, 
the Gabe, who wrote this que- this question, he loves physical intimacy and he wants it to be on a journey and he wants it to be on a journey with his partner. Um, he compares it to traveling, which I really like. Mm. Uh, there is a big world out there and I want to visit these th- destinations with my wife. Uh, since we got married, it is usually me that initiates any conversations, new things, and sexual times. She will initiate sex about once every other month. Mm. She will talk a little bit about sex if I bring it up, but she doesn't really w- want to talk about it. I've tried to encourage her to think about what she wants, and she says she doesn't know. She always asks me when it's when is it enough? Why isn't what we do good enough? And I say it's not about that. It's about the journey and exploring this together. In the last six years, she has been a willing participant in just about everything I ask to do. She enjoys sex. She always has an orgasm. So this week, I've been feeling that maybe she will never want to come on this journey with me, that she will always view sex and intimacy as an act that she does just for me. I have had hope that she would realize how important physical intimacy is in our marriage, but this week I started to lose hope. I told her that I would be affectionate and do the things that she wanted to do, but I would no longer pursue or push her to have sex, that I would always be here if she ever wanted to go on that journey with me. So I actually was saying, uh, gave an email, so I'll just kind of summarize a little bit. Of that. I'm not going to read that, but right. I'm just going to tell you kind of what it, what it was. And so. that's a great, and looking at your email, it's a great, I've just started rereading that book yeah. as well, because it's so... Mating in captivity. And we've, we've referenced it a bunch of times on this podcast. Yeah. It's an amazing book. If y'all haven't yeah, read Esther it or Burrell. right. And you can actually listen to it on audible. She's got an amazing accent. That's super cute. Cause she's like, she she's speaks Dutch, like eight languages. Right. No, she's, she's, um, Jewish, uh, Belgium, oh, Bel- yeah. Belgium Jew. Okay. Um, and she speaks eight languages fluently. Yeah. She's awesome. She's and PhD s- doctor. Awesomeness. So this is common. This is common people. This is a common thing, uh, for long-term relationships, for long-term straight relationships, um, for, Women to um, start to think that sex is only there to please their partner. Uh, it's it's a cultural thing. It's a social social thing. Yes, um, so it's, this is not in every culture, but in American culture, this is actually really really common. It becomes an obligation, a duty. Um, this has been going on for many many years. And when something and feels like a job, and you don't not really want to do it, right? You're like, oh. And it doesn't mean that someone else pressured them. It's actually probably old conditioning that was never even theirs you know it's it's part of the upbringing it's part of what we you know they're maybe with the message that their parents gave them or what their mom did with their dad it could also be a hormonal flux depending too on where where she's at in her if she's premenopausal there's some things there no it's been going on forever oh so this is a long this is a forever our whole relationship oh the has whole been relationship this. oh so what i would had suggested to this person I said to read the book Mating in Captivity. Um, it's really wonderful because it talks about how in long-term relationships um, we want this perfect uh, perfect balance of individuation and attachment. And that doesn't seem like what's going on here. Um, we, in that it says when we're overly attached, I mean we're with our partner 24-7, we lose desire. When we're too individualized, we're never with them. You know, we're doing our own thing all the time. We don't have enough connection to have desire. Um, so there's a lot of really good things in there. But my question here too. I will go to the last piece. So, you 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 said you gave up, uh, Gabe. You gave up. It sounds to me like there's a little defensiveness there. There's a little bit. There's some frustration. There's a little bit of like, fine, fuck it. I'm throwing in the towel. Um, and so I'm just curious if this came out of a place of love, uh, or if this came from a place out of fear meaning i'm just so angry and frustrated or fed up that i'm going to do this thing um 
in, as as a reaction, you know, reactionary move, which is never a good place to come from. Yeah, it's better to come from a place of love. Like so, how can we fix this? Yeah. So it sounds like you're really. I love that you're open to that. You want sex to be a journey. I think that's fucking awesome. I want more men to think of sex that that way. I think that's great. It's really unfortunate that your wife isn't on the same page. Um, it sounds like you've tried to have conversations with her. She instead gets defensive and feels pressured. Um, so it sounds to me like you're at a crossroads of either letting her know how important this, if this is important to you, if this isn't that important to you, you can have a sexless marriage. Most, it doesn't sound like that's what you want. Um, the other option is people start having sexless marriage and they start seeking outside sources either by negotiating that into their relationship or meaning you sleep with other people and your partner knows about it or you start cheating. That's also very common. Um, I'm not not necessarily condoning that, but these are the things, these are some of your options you have. The other option is you say, this is really important to me, dear partner, and um, I, this is a need. This is there, And this is a valid need to have closeness and intimacy and close connection and to feel wanted and desired by my partner. And um, we've tried to work on this together. This isn't working. Can we, if you, are you willing to work on this with me? Um, and if she is, then I would suggest you to go start working with a sex and relationship coach or a therapist. Um, buy the book mating captivity and read it at night together, read it together, but go get help. But because you're beyond this, like there is beyond, they're not working and having conversations with each other at this point. Right. And she's seems like she's pretty stuck in her belief about what sex should be. And in, and again, I'm not saying it's necessarily your fault or her fault that she thinks it's an obligation. Um, that is, and there's a really great thing actually. If you go to Audible, you can listen to a free episode that Esther Perel released called um, I think it's called Where Do We Begin. Go search Esther Perel, and it's um, like 30 to 40 minute episodes of her actually doing live um, pre-recorded sessions with people. She did couples therapy for years and of yeah. all sorts of different she still ages. Does, yeah. Right. And one um, of the episodes is, is of about exactly this. Right. It's a sexless marriage where, where one of the women doesn't thinks of sex as an obligation. And for the male partner, he he's really frustrated. He wants her to be interested in sex and it just feels really empty. And so there's a re- some really great information there. And what Esther Perel says is, um, they both need to learn how to regard sex in a way to reframe it away from a job or obligation and how can they make sex for her. And so this is the other thing with your wife. You you ask her, what is she like? She doesn't even know. She needs to start asking those questions and taking time to get in tune with her desire and her sensuality and her sexuality if she wants, if she wants to. If she wants to change sex as being just a thing that's for you, how what can she do for herself to make it for her? as well. I love that chapter when she talks about the flannel pajama chapter when you just like end up in I, I, I think about um, I have friends that I'm like how do you do you cause they won't have sex and uh, I'll be like do you feel sexy at night? Like, do you want to have sex? No. We've been talking sweatpants like every episode. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, maybe get out of those sweatpants. Yeah. And try to, you know, have yourself feel sexy. Look in the mirror. Tell yourself how beautiful you are. Do your hair and gra- like grab them. Get on top. Yeah. If you're feeling sexless. But this is a, you're right. This is a deeper ingrained situation. So, yeah. um, Gabe, check and out the resources. Utilize your tools. There's so many tools other, out there. Yeah. That, that episode would be really good. The other thing she says in there too, which is kind of what you're already doing, I think she suggests that for a while as the, as the woman who's lost the desire, who is, who, um, thinks of sex as an obligation, um, 
for a while, she actually tells the husband in this couple in the therapy session, he actually can't initiate sex for a while. Right, I remember that. Remember that? Yeah, mm-hmm. so he actually, need, that's off the table because every time it's going to feel pressuring for her. Mm-hmm. And so, but on the flip side, if, you know, if the female partner, she wants to start working on this, she actually has to start initiating sex but in a way that works for her right so the kind of sex that she wants maybe it's not penetrating maybe sex. she's wearing an uh like some high heels and nothing else yeah but or just like for yeah. your birthday i was gonna i try to have them um put sushi all over me so you'd have to eat it off of me yesterday why didn't that happen because shit <laughs> that would have been great <laughs> yeah so check it out esther perel go look on audible mating in captivity she has a lot of great ted talks and then i think it's called where do we begin for her um her episodes, and I think it's called like sexless or sexless marriage uh, in, the, uh, in the episode. Thank oh, you. Thank you, right, Gabe. Okay, this is another one that we need to summarize. Yes. Can we say their name? Yes, I think so. Kirk. Hey, Kirk. Okay. Hi, Kirk. So, all right. So, Kirk's a listener. They listen to all kinds of good, good sex podcasts. Love line, Savage Lovecast. Yes. They have a lot of they're so we're gonna summarize this a little bit. Um, they're concerned about a curiosity gap in educating himself uh, in regards to himself and his partner as sexual beings, meaning he's really interested in learning more about openness, including monogamy, like Chris Ryan's book, Sex at Dawn, um, whereas his partner very much is not. Uh, my girlfriend seems to have less interest in sexuality beyond direct experience. Of course, that's the most interesting, important thing. Yet, she seems weary of treating sexuality and her sexual self as anything more than immediate experience as a topic. It doesn't seem to be a place her curiosity thrives, and it does that it does with other topics. Then I sense she gets weary or bored of my curiosity about sexuality and my attempts to discuss new ideas with her. Um, she, according to her, trying something new, we try in sex should be natural or spontaneous and not part of some bigger idea or curiosity. Ooh, yeah. Um, so how can, how can I help sexual? I be a subject we share in, enjoy processing, and not be a source of distance between us? So, hmm. yeah. So, okay. So, essentially, it sounds like your partner, she's kind of uncomfortable talking about sex, mm-hmm. is what I'm getting, and that she also thinks that you sex should be a natural or spontaneous thing that just happens and that there's not a lot of conversation about probably because it's uncomfortable. There's a lot of shame. She just kind of, it seems like isn't interested in exploring anything else and thinks it should just be like, yeah. Oh, PIV, penis and vagina. That's let's all. Let's you just get. do it, but not talk about it. Only and missionary. We, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, let's not have to learn about no. it. Yeah. Which is difficult because I feel like there's a lot of folks out there that are stuck in that rut. I was stuck in that rut for years where I just had boring sex and I only wanted to do... Did you even like it? No. (laughs) That was with my boyfriend when I lived in Santa Cruz last time. I I know that guy. Yeah. And I was on birth control. I was never horny. I was... You weren't even asking for more. You were just having missionary boring sex. Was it like the obligation? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we go weeks and weeks without sex. And I was like, it's been a month and we're in our 20s. Like, what is going on? And I was like, I don't want sex. Yeah. So I feel I, I was I was this person, this girlfriend of yours. Okay, but Kirk. if your ex-partner were to be at the time together, they were like, hey, 
let's talk about sex. Let's learn some things. Would you have shut them down? I mean, this is... No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have shut him down. Because you guys weren't even having those conversations. No. This, this, this person, Kirk, is asking their partner, hey, I want to start talking about these things so that we can learn things and maybe try new things or at least just expand our minds um, you know, and regard it as something that we're curious. Like it's like there's always room for growth mm-hmm. and to learn more, which is and cool on his part. Like, and she's like, no, shouldn't be that way. She probably has some trauma, or yeah, just shame, or shame well, around conversations right. about sexuality. Because it is. Look, I grew up in the shaming Midwest. I mean, Wisconsin. L- literally. I, at the mystery spot when we were there, uh, the gentleman. We went there for my birthday yesterday. Yes, yeah. the gentleman, our the tour, tour guide. guide. <laughs> as soon as I told him I sold sex toys, he was from Minnesota. He literally ran away. Like yeah. he was scared. <laughs> He's like, "Oh my!" I was like, "Dude, it's all good." So coming from that space, I still, um, I used to get really uncomfortable speaking um, openly about sex, and perhaps this partner isn't she she's uncomfortable maybe because she doesn't know how to approach it so i'd suggest what there's so many books that she could look at and kind Just, of to give her some education well it's knowledge a, it's a practice right like the reason why you're so good at it now april is because you've been practicing right like i brought you to your you know, got your first job in a sex toy store when you never yeah. even I sold more butt plugs than anyone, but I never had anal sex. And you started practicing those conversations and then it became more normalized. So for her, she's one of the many people, this is more common than not, people who um, are raised to think that you're not supposed to talk about these things and that sex should just be spontaneous and natural and that there shouldn't be all this work and effort into spicing it up and et cetera, et cetera, which is complete bullshit. No. And you don't want that to happen. No, because that is not how it works. Create energy flow and and create a, a really a, a some goals where you can i don't know achieve like greatness every sexual experience doesn't have to be like topping the last but you can try some new things i think that is awesome it's easy to get stuck in a rut it really totally. is well so here i think again it's time for a conversation this is obviously really really important for you it sounds like you've had conversations but for you to be like really clear that this is important to me to for us to have these conversations. It doesn't mean we have to like completely open up and be in a polyamorous relationship no. and like fuck all kinds of other people or whatever. But I want to continue growing in this department forever. I want to continue learning and I want it's important to me to have a partner that does that with me. It doesn't have to be like you know, exactly on my same page where you're as excited about it as I am, but I want to be able to share this with you. This is important. Are you are you willing to go on this journey for me? Okay. You are. Let's just start by listening to podcasts together on sex. Let's start reading a book together, listening to an audible book together about sexuality. Just start learning about new topics and have conversations about it. And uh, yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable and weird at first because you're not used to these kind of conversations, but it's just going to get easier because it's all practice. Absolutely. And I think that perhaps knowing um, that there are so many, I mean, this is the perfect time. It's like a sexual revolution, like the the 60s reborn, because people are getting more open about conversation. So there's podcasts available now. There's books. There's so many tools that can help um, normalize it for this person. Mm -hmm. And I think that utilize those tools. Do it together if she doesn't want to go out on her own and and do it. But um, yeah, podcasts are great. Slip it on at night. Yeah, just or when you guys are in a drive together or whatever. The sound of our voices. Hey, Kirk's partner. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. Um, But yeah, kudos to you for wanting to continue learning about sex. We love you. Yeah, no kidding. You're awesome. 
All right. We've got ERP here. Okay, so let's see. Um, okay, so this person has trauma from previous relationship. Right. Uh, and now they're in a new relationship. Or they'd been, yeah, they're talking to someone. They're in a new relationship. And they, uh, yeah, can I just summarize it? Mm-hmm. Go for it. Okay, so there is it's something. So they have some trauma in a re- previous relationship. Is this a person that identifies as E? E is their name. Um, this new relationship, they wanted to uh, wait to have sex with this person because they thought that that was a good thing to do, the right thing to do, which I have something to say about that. Hmm. Um, but around the fifth time, they ended up having sex. They weren't able to contain themselves. And now the sex has brought up some insecurities that stem from their previous relationship, meaning um, specifically that they have these fears that their new person that they're sleeping with only likes them for their body. And now they feel like an object for sex, which might not even be happening. It just comes from the previous trauma. And so they're wondering, can I communicate the, this to my new partner? Um, should I? You know, there's some fear about it. Do you think it would be a good idea? And if so, would all of that be okay to say? Um, Hell yeah, lay it out. Lay it out. Lay it and of out. course you're not blaming because you're saying, you're already saying, you're like, hey. this is previous trauma. I actually don't even think this has anything to do with you, but this is what's going on. And if you don't talk about this with your person, you're going to be all in your head when you're having sex. It's not going to be good for you. No, not you're going to have fun. Be, you're not going to be present. Yeah. You're just going to be thinking about this the whole time. So, Make sure you convey, you know, this, is, this isn't this is your fault. You're not doing anything wrong. This is some stuff, like some baggage from a previous relationship. But this is what's coming up for me. I'm getting really insecure. And this stuff about being a sex object is coming up. And I just need to get clear with you so that I'm not going through all this when we're touching. Um, and maybe here are some ways that um, you could help me work with this. You know, maybe you could... Uh, spend more time holding me or adoring me or, um, you know, praising me or doing something that makes me feel a little, helps me to feel a little more um, cherished or something. Desired. Yeah, but not as a desire because you can be a sex object. Desires, like, could could contribute to being a sex object. I'm thinking more of, like, you're precious and I don't just want to fuck you. I just want to take good, good care of you, you know? I think it's tricky because they are so new and they... might be openly dating other people so I can understand because um having a little bit of fear and being open but I say and I think we we talked about this when we read this earlier go for it and be open because if the guy does kind of give you the the uh, the rejection then move on yeah. and find someone awesome that is going to um honor you and actually appreciate the fact that you're being uh, open and asking for these things and trying to grow the relationship and intimacy like that is only going to make you closer. Yeah. Yeah. And again, if you, yeah, if you want to get close to this, if you plan on getting close to this person, uh, you, uh, vulnerability is a part of it. Showing our vulnerability, having tough conversations like this, supporting each other through things like this. So, um, no, this is not something that you need to keep to yourself. It, I think it is, we both, April and I think it's a good idea to have this conversation with them. Definitely. So many things that need conversations in these questions. It's like, well, what it always comes down to is like, does. time to talk. <laughs> but that's, and that's something that is is sometimes frustrating and maybe listeners feel that. Like, there's a lot of other resources that was like, have a conversation, communicate, communicate. It's all about communication. Hopefully we're giving you examples of how to communicate as well. So you're feeling confident and um, like you're, you have the proper layout to address these things that are coming up in life. So to you, E, go and talk to the new guy, as you call him, (laughs) the new guy. You're from like Brooklyn. Yeah, that was what I was going for. Say it again. I'm from Brooklyn. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Yo, E, talk to the new guy. Thanks. Thanks, E. Um, okay. Awesome. Awesome. So we have Next. one last one that we're going to read today. Um, oh, damn. This is a long one. This is a long one. But, Amy, um, you... Oh, yeah. I did kind of already summarize this one. Right? Yes. Okay. So this person is uh, turning 60. They are... We can call him Ray. Can we call him Ray? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Ray. Okay. They are 60 years old. They are now dating someone new. It's awesome. They have this great connection. He is giving her orgasms. They're having... Um, yeah, so mind-blowing orgasms. Mind-blowing... And I quote. Orgasms. And he's feeling like his pecker, he used that word, pecker, is not really <laughs> getting as hard as I it used to. I kind of love that he called it a pecker. I know. No, he, is, he says some wonderful things. I would like to read one of them, actually. Um, he's wondering if you have any recommendations on how he can keep it up till he's 99. Any supplements or exercises or anything? I've never tried Viagra or anything because I'm Mr. Natural Organic Vegan, and that sounds like a pharmaceutical to me. I don't use any others, so I can't say I trust that one. Um, I just don't like the idea of not being able to perform like I used to, and the rest of my body works better now than it did 20 years ago, so why not my bone, too? <laughs> so I love this. I love this guy. Yeah. Um, and there's there's a little more to it, but it's mostly about that. You know, he's asking about if, what about toys. You know, he doesn't even know if she's into toys, but uh, what are our suggestions? Well, bone. Bone. <laughs> First of all, kudos for you for wanting to just Pleasure. Be rock hard and pleasure that oh, stuff. Oh, there's also a desire for them to have simultaneous orgasms. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. You got um, You could do the edging thing. Edging is fun. Yeah. We've talked about that before on the masculine, divine masculine episode about edging. Yeah. Uh, but so I, I, would, I wouldn't turn to Viagra or Cialis or anything like that quite yet. I think that that's almost like a fake dick. And I think it, it can kind of be hard, no pun intended, uh, to actually ejaculate on if... If I can recall, because it's for longevity. Well, you can no, you can definitely ejaculate with with the with. Um, but doesn't it, just, it take a long time or something? Does it affect ejaculation? Right. I'm actually not 100 percent sure. I don't. I don't think it like turn. It doesn't make it difficult, but I don't know if it makes it prolongs things. But I kind of think it's just a blood flow thing. Is it? Is it you ejaculate and then it still stays hard? Yeah, you can still get hard again. So oh, that's okay. the thing. You don't have the same refractory period because they can just stay hard, or they can just stay hard longer. Um, but I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it just makes it easier to get hard again. You could still be tired. Though. You're like, and I don't, yeah. So erections, like, you know, yes, there's a physical thing that happens as we age. They change. Like you're 60 years old. Yeah. Your dick's not going to get as hard as when you were 20. That's kind of how it works. Um, and a lot of erectile issues are related to more of a mental thing as mm. opposed to a physical thing. Um, quite often they're related to an uh, internal story. I'm not going to get hard. I don't get hard. Like, or, you know, I never get hard. I'm, I'm going to go soft again. And then you do exactly that. You psych yourself out. Or if there's shame or pressure from a partner who's ashamed you for not getting hard, oh, God, you're soft again. Or why can't you be hard? Or I just want a big, hard dick. Why isn't your dick hard enough? And things like that. And uh, Or if there's even like resentment in the mm. relationship, of course your dick's not going to get hard for the partner. But it sounds here it, like it's that an age. Right. And, and it looks like his partner, it's new partnership, looks like she's being pretty 
open, yeah. supportive and open. Yeah, and there's this great connection, and he wants to put magic deep inside of her. <laughs> I just <laughs> and he quotes. Yeah, his is her favorite thing so far is for me bringing her to the mountaintop with my tongue, then going d- going in deep with Dongy to blow the top straight off the mountain, just like Mount Vesuvius or Haleakala, Mount St. Helens, where we both explode together. I love this person. They're great. Yeah. So are there, what, what I can't remember. I was reading about a specific herbal uh, um, supplement. Arginine is something Arginine. that you can buy at your local health food store that works with blood flow. It pushes blood into the face and the genitals. Now, if you get herpes or cold sores, arginine good. is not your best friend because because it pushes blood in the face and genitals, um, it can actually give you an outbreak so if herpes is something that you're dealing with um you might not want to but yeah you can take arginine and it can help with blood flow it sounds like this person still gets erections they're not completely gone though so we have some blood flow here is what i'm hearing um if you get some blood flow here's some toys okay so you get some blood flow bam you get a little blood flow in your cock put on a cock ring the cock ring out will help to yes. keep that blood there and create that Hot stronger, octopus. firmer erection. We just launched the atom and the atom plus and you can get 20 percent off ray if you go to hot octopus with two s's.com, you shameless sex, all lowercase, and you will get yourself the best cock ring on the market. No joke. And the way they're worn, they go around the testicles and the cock. If you just put a cock ring on the head of the cock, it's not going to do anything. If you put it around the balls and the cock, that's what helps to keep the blood there and do it when you already have a little bit of blood in the cock. Unless it's metal, then that's a whole different story. But we're not recommending metal. No. Um, you have to really know what the you're one doing. That we're, the one that I just mentioned is vibrating, so she can actually, it can give her vulva stimulation if she's grinding on it. Yeah, when you're touching. Yeah, nice. we talked about this on last episode. Yeah. The um, And we actually talked about erections on the last we did. episode. So definitely check out that, that episode, episode if you 40. haven't yet, Ray. Yeah, so I would try uh, playing with cock rings and to see if they can help to create a stronger, firmer erection. Um, there's also a harness called the deuce harness by spare parts. That is awesome. <clears throat> so something you wear, it has two holes. The top hole, you put a dildo in any dildo of your choosing, uh, any size, any color, any shape. Uh, and it just has to have a base that can fit into a harness. The bottom hole is for your homegrown cock to hang out in. So you have a hard dildo and then your cock. And the cool thing about this is, is you can use it for double penetration or, um, you can, when your cock isn't rock hard and you still want to penetrate, you can still have sex with the dildo and it feels like to, you know, to her that you're still fucking her with your own cock because it's in the exact same position where your cock would be and your cock is still accessible. So you can still rub it with hands. She can rub it with your hands and then maybe it gets hard and then you just take out the dildo and you switch the cock. So, um, that's a great choice for something to to spice it up and play with. And I think when our bodies age and they change, one of the important things is to accept and embrace it and learn to work with it as opposed to shaming yourself mm-hmm. and saying, what's wrong with me? I'm broken. I wish I was the way I used to because you're not, right? It's And all of us are going to do that. It's just part of it. So it's a matter of, okay, where are we now? Where am I now? I don't and get as wet as I used to, so I use lube. You know, exactly. it's like, it's yeah. it's just adapting. Yeah, exactly. And where am I now? What are my needs now? Like what? Are, and what are my desires? Where do I want to go? So you want to go to like, you know, penetration, simultaneous orgasm town? Okay, well, here's your tools of what you can work with. And bring that up. You said that you don't even know she's into sex toys. So before you order them, I would have a conversation with her about that. We'll again. go shopping together. That's yeah. always a fun date night. Totally. Look up your local sex shop and yeah, yeah go check out some products together. Yep. Yeah, we have the deuce at uh, Pure Pleasure Shop. You can go to purepleasureshop.com and get the deuce harness. You can 